Hello there. So Emma and I recorded this episode a little under two months ago. And obviously the series finale of Kenobi happened a little over two months ago. And I have been sitting on releases episodes since then. Um, it's purely my fault. I've been extremely sick. I have been depressed. I have been stressed. Which are valid reasons on 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 why not to 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 release this episode. But I've also been I've been wanting to talk about as like a little segment or as a little mini episode about my feelings about fandom and and mental illness and finding community um, for the past two months, but I've never been able to find the correct or right words. And I've been stressing over that. And I kind of came to the decision that I'm just going to shelf that idea for a little bit because I really want to do that justice. And I wanted it to be kind of part of this episode, but then just every time I record, nothing was right. Um, I, I just tried to record a segment and, and the thoughts were not, the thoughts were not thoughting. <laughs> they were, they were just not happening. And um, when I do have that, um, have that little segment, when I make that little segment, I wanted to make sure that it is correct and that it's right. So I've been kind of putting off the episode because I just want to make sure that my words are perfect, but I just realized that those words are not going to be perfect for a while. So yeah, so that's why there's been a delay, but I still think that this discussion that Emma and I have um, is worthy of, of being released and being listened to. I I just re-listened to it and it's it's hilarious. It's funny. I miss Emma. I'm, I'm so glad I'm actually going to be seeing her physically in person um and and less than a month for it's been three years since i've seen her so i'm so excited for that but i think this discussion that we had about the uh kenobi finale is 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 great and i think i think it's important for us to kind of live in the greatness of kenobi before we get into our andor era because if you know me the andor era is gonna destroy me so so for one last time to to dwell in the Kenobi era, I will say that we also recorded a little bit about the Roe versus Wade um, decision because that happened like right after um, or right before we recorded. And I've left some of it in because I think it's important. Um, and I also think it's important from a Canadian perspective and, and from someone who is an American, but also lives outside of the United States, like I do, um, that we, we shine a line on the fact that there is, um, that there is a fight outside the United States that's worth fighting for, and that the anti-abortion movement, um, outside the United States is only strengthened by the, uh, Supreme Court decision, um, concerning Roe versus, Roe versus Wade, so I left a little bit of that in. I didn't leave the entire conversation in just because, um, I don't know. It's been two months, and I think, I think, the points that that are the most important have been made, but um, I didn't leave that a little bit in. Also, my audio in this episode is not great because I discovered the other day that my USB cord for my microphone is not working properly, and so it was picking up my mic, my ed- my my headphones microphone, which is not great at all. 
so I apologize that I'm going to be investing in a new um, USB cord for my microphone and hopefully figuring out a better um, audio setup. Um, I don't currently live in the best <laughs> place for 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 podcast production, but we but uh, we're gonna fix that soon, hopefully. So yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to live in the Kenobi era as much as I can before and or and all of us. So enjoy this episode and may the gay Star Wars gospel be with you. Welcome back to Sapphire Skywalkers, a podcast where we look at Star Wars and other multimedia properties through our own queer lens. I'm Emma. And I'm Lynn. And we're here to talk about the second half of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I just tried to do a Grievous voice and it did not work out. Did you say your name? I didn't hear you say your name. I did say my name. Okay. Well, that's going to be interesting. Okay. Say my name. Okay. Well, how do we want to kick this off? See, here's the thing. Here's the thing, dear listeners. It's been a week. Um, there was the high of of the Kenobi finale, which was great, and we're gonna definitely amazing. get in. We're definitely gonna get into that later. <laughs> but yesterday, uh, as everyone pretty much knows. Um, the Supreme Court in the United States struck down Roe v. Wade, and <laughs> it's just not a it's not a joyous time. No, it feels weird, and it feels foreboding in a lot of ways because a lot of uh, conservatives are just going full mask off with the whole thing. They're not pretending anymore. They want to take the country back to. Jim Crow or slavery. This is just the start. They're gonna take away queer rights. They're going it they're gonna take away women's rights. It's it's awful. Brown yeah. versus Board of the Education was specifically cited by somebody else. Uh, uh it was um John Corrin, the one of the senators from Texas. Yeah. Um so which is just horrifying to me. It absolutely horrifying. It's one of those things where there's a part of me that absolutely believes that they would do that. Mm-hmm. Another part of me tries to tries to think it logistically because abortion rights in America definitely had a very, very strong push in some certain communities and evangelical Christian communities. That. It was well. It was it was the replacement for segregation. Yeah. So they couldn't get them to vote based on segregation because of Brown versus Board of Educations. This is my understanding of it. I'm actually, I there's ways where I'm still like I didn't learn this in school. I've learned this all through osmosis. By I mean, like, why would a you? Lot of American media. Why would you learn this? In because school? I'm not. I'm not American. Um, yeah, you wouldn't. But, but so this is all the stuff that I've learned through osmosis. So like, feel free to please fat check me if I'm wrong. Um, 
But my understanding is it was initially it, because they could no longer rally behind segregation, they decided to twist abortion because up until the 70s, evangelicals were very pro-abortion. Yeah. It was the Catholics who were anti-abortion. Yeah. So it's just... And so it's like, okay, so they'll walk it back and so then they'll keep walking everything else back. But they... The, it was just the first domino to fall. I feel like it, I had something more significant to say and now it's gone. Yeah. The fervor behind abortion rights um, or, or lack of abortion rights in America is was definitely there within the evangelical community. But it's that same passion, like no, there's not a lot of. Oh gosh, I say this, but I mean it could totally be untrue, in a matter of the next election. But a lot of you don't have a lot of conservatives, um, really pining against gay marriage at the current moment or anything. Well, you know, I'm about to say that they're not they're not pining against gay marriage, but they definitely are pining, um, to try against to, trans, to trans yeah, rights. trans legislations and trans rights. So it's. It's one of those. It's one of those situations where I don't think either us, either of us, have really like a collective thought to really kind of bring more, bring more insight into the conversation. Because even though you're not American, you do live close. You live like within what 150 miles of the American border, American Canadian border. I don't know what miles to kilometers looks like. Um, within, <laughs> I think it's three hours to the border yeah. from here. So. You still you still live fairly close, um, mm-hmm. like most Canadians do. Well, yeah, like we're all we're all really close to the American border. That's um, where all our settlements are. And even though right these type of rights being overturned in America, it's so much easier to do it in the United States than compared to other countries. Um, yeah. it doesn't mean that there no, there won't be a push. In no, other and countries. like there's been there's been I mean certainly like a lot of conservative groups up here are getting financial support from American groups. Yep. Um, that was what the whole truck convoy bullshit was. It was it was majorly American donors. It was a foreign. It was foreign. Yeah. Um, and. Nobody treated it like that. And that was the most frustrating part is everybody got mad, but then nobody in power actually treated it like it was, threat that it was. And that, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Like, Trudeau eventually invoked the Emergency um, Act, which is something that is only for emergencies. Um, (laughs) He's the second prime minister to do it, and the first prime minister was his dad. Um, (laughs) But... uh, so it was mostly, yeah, that's what made the whole thing really scary for me is that there's a lot of power down south and there's a lot of money and they're not afraid to weaken democracies everywhere if they have to, to get their way. And, and that's the, same. the most frustrating part is seeing the weakening of democracy and then the people who hold the power who are supposed to fight against that just being like, oh, well, can you just vote next time? as if they don't have the power to do something right now we are just in a very 2020 went okay for democrats but it didn't go great and because of that we're we're feeling a lot of the a lot of the um a lot of the fallout of it 
and it sucks. But, um, yeah, it's yeah. one of those things Think where AOC I feel... and Liz Warren were both made really good yeah. points about here's how we could do better. This is the steps that need to be taken. Yeah. But they just have to be willing to do it. Yeah. So. I, it's one of those things where I not only fear for the United States, but I also fear for um, a lot of Western countries. And I know Western is not the greatest word to describe Europe centric, Europe, um, Eurocentric. Uh, Eurocentric countries, Euro influenced countries. Um, but because I don't know if you know here um, in the UK, the Human Rights Act is yeah. possibly going to be overturned by Dominic Robb. Um, just like how you were saying that uh, abortion um, uh, and uh, anti uh, or I guess yeah, anti-abortion uh, movements are growing in Canada. That's happening in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're being funded by US money. Oh, a lot of them are being funded by US money. And even in the UK, you have to have the approval of two doctors before you can get an abortion. So it's not really your choice here. It is the 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 approval of you have to you have to meet one of the five criteria criteria here to get an abortion. And sometimes the doctor might deny you for for the lowest reasons. So you have to keep on finding another doctor who will approve you. Um, uh, Scotland doesn't have um, clinics that will treat abortion up to 24 weeks. That's where abortion is legal is up to 24 weeks here. Um, So a lot of people in Scotland have to come down to England. Um, then they have to come like not even just like Northern England, they have to come down to the South. Mm. Northern Ireland has decriminalized abortion, um, but there is not really any access in Northern yeah. Ireland. And um, and then when we talk about the European Union, you have countries like Hungary and Poland that are very um, their their stance on abortion is. It's to the level of, of the GOP. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the European Union doesn't really um, protect you, protect the country, uh, or pushes the country into a more, um, to a more human rights um, driven forward for, yeah, for abortion rights. So it sucks. <laughs> Yeah. I know here, I know here, like, you don't need, like, multiple doctors. You need a doctor who's willing. Um, If the doctor's not willing, he has no, sorry, they have no obligation to refer you to a doctor who is willing. So it's on you to find a doctor. Yeah. Um, And then the other big thing is just access because it's, it's more like if you're remote and you need surgical abortions or you need to get the pill. That's not necessarily readily available to you. Yeah. Um, uh, so here, I know it's just... Uh, so there's only three clinics in the entire province of Alberta. two, And they're all in the major cities. So there's two major cities in yeah. Alberta. There's one in Edmonton and there's two in Calgary. Um, 
there's many smaller cities within the province, uh, many smaller communities. So, you know, if you're looking like you need an abortion, you need to be able to have the time, money, and gas is expensive these days. It's fucking expensive. Yeah. Uh, to be able to travel to get the care that you need. And Alberta is not small. <laughs> None of the no. provinces. Except for maybe the ones that are a little bit to the east, like New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. But yeah, like the maritime provinces are like reasonably sized, but no, because even Newfoundland and Lamador are huge. But I will say, I was reading, scheme. I was reading an article about uh, people who live in New Brunswick. They typically go to Maine to get their abortions. Yeah. So actually, that's. But I, I decided to send some money towards uh, an abortion access fund uh, today because I'm like I like. I felt like I had to do something. Um, yeah. And my goal this year was to not give to any American organizations because I was looking through my receipts last year and I gave to zero Canadian organizations. Yeah. So um, I want to help the people in my country. Um, and so one of the th- big things they say is like, yeah, if you need to travel, like and so it says if you need to travel for an abortion, we'll help with that. And the, the little literal icon above the travel Thing was an American flag. If you need to go to the states to get an abortion, we'll help you with that. Yeah. So it's def it's very much a thing. So the the consensus of this very broken up argue uh conversation. Um, just be just be mindful of what's happening in your community. Be mindful about what you see on Twitter. Um look into the charities that um, are being advertised and try to support. If you're in the United States and you are wanting to, to donate your money, be very mindful of who you give your money to. Yeah. Look into mutual funds. I yeah. think the um, uh, LBT plot is very, uh, has really put a lot of research into it and found mutual funds are actually kind of the best way forward. Yeah. So, to transition away from this, which I don't think we can. No, I it's think really it's, hard. It's the point, but we needed to talk about it. So. It it might sound really cheesy, but one of the reasons why I love Star Wars so much, and one of the reasons why, like, I just I look up to so many of these characters is because a lot of them are willing to put their life in danger for other people they're willing to fight and keep mm-hmm. on fighting mm-hmm. um there's also a lot of emphasis on changed actions and righting your wrongs as yeah. well and doing what you can despite the mistakes of your past i think that's also very impactful yep what um, leads us <laughs> kenobi to kenobi, kenobi. um so where do we even start with Kenobi so we were going to originally just uh, do a podcast for um, four and five and then we were going to do another podcast for the finale but we kind of just decided just do the finale as well with with four and five it just made more sense I have to say though I was not expecting the sequel trilogy uh shout outs that we were getting because like this is very much very strictly in between the two trilogies literally smack dab in the middle of the first of the original of the prequel trilogy 
But then in the last episode, there were call-outs to the sequel trilogy like crazy. And I'm like, what? I can't believe it. <laughs> Wait, what am I missing? Especially since like sequel trilogy is kind of like, I'd say it's my trilogy. The two of the movies are my trilogy. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Wait, what's um, two? Oh, the JJ ones. Okay. I, I I have a really hard time. I like it's like I like Last Jedi, but I don't love Last Jedi on the same yeah. level. So um, <sighs> I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think of so, so Emma has probably seen the last episode way more than I have. I've only seen it. Like, I've only watched it twice. Yeah, I've only seen it twice. Okay. Okay. Um. But to be fair, the first time I watched it, I was really tired. The second time I watched it was yesterday, and I was, like, sobbing because I just came home, and I just needed to rewatch it um, for this podcast. So w- let's let's start with, with the Secret Chili call-outs, because I, I can't think mm-hmm. of any at the current moment. Oh, okay. Uh, lifting rocks. Big thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because, like, he's like, he's like, it's more than just lifting rocks, and, like, Huge moment where we know that Obi-Wan is back, baby, is when he's literally, like, lifting rocks and throwing them at Darth Vader. It's great. <laughs> okay, yes, I did make that connection because I, I actually uh, <laughs> decided to rewatch that scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite uh, scenes in the single trilogy. Sorry, I gotta go look at my Twitter page because I actually, like, I made subtle call-outs call to them the day of. Um, let me go to my home page. There was the moment where he looks at Anakin and he, he, this is him because it's him. Again, it's another call about, there's a lot, like, there's a lot of parallels with The Last Jedi, but, like, there's the moment where he's, like, looking at Anakin and he apologizes for what's happened to him. And I think it's, and it's, it's the moment where he sees, like, just how badly damaged Anakin really is. But he just says, I'm sorry. But it's the same, it's the same thing with Luke. In The Last Jedi, um, with Luke, I think there's a lot more culpability there. Like, he, he needed to apologize. Whereas with Obi-Wan, it's like, it's it's like he's kind of one part of kind of a grander thing where, like, yeah, he kind of left him to die. And he's scarred because of it. And yeah, he's, he's going to apologize for that. Um, but I thought that was amazing. Um, there was one more. Oh! It's when, so Vader and Vader's talking to Palpatine and Palpatine's like, you're thinking too much about Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're not like concentrated on being the Dark Lord. And he says he means nothing to me, which is exactly what Kylo Ren said to Snoke in The Force Awakens about Han Solo. I love that scene with Palpatine and Vader. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) Well, it just makes, it just makes Palpatine sound very needy. You're not thinking about me. Why are you so Oh my god, Anakin. Kenobi, Kenobi, Kenobi. What about me? What about my needs? Okay. <laughs> oh gosh. Probably Those are the major ones. And then I think there was something else that stood out, but I'm, I'm blanking on it right now. I think it was during the Anakin and Obi. Oh! So this one's a little bit more. It's a little bit more of a reach, but indulge me. Um. Leia's the reason Leia kind of brings Le- Luke and Leia kind of help bring Obi-Wan back and um I think that's very much in line with what we kind of see in Rise of Skywalker so it's Leia reaching out to Ben and then her subsequent death that kind of snaps Ben out of his dark sidedness and snaps Rey out of 
her descent into darkness and then it's Luke and his passing out of Leia's saber to Ray that kind of like refocuses her on the mission on what she needs to do and so and then Obi-Wan also has that moment with Luke and Leia like he just needs he's he's almost about to be crushed by the weight of these rocks and he's able to think of them and that's what pulls him to so Leia literally <laughs> Leia, Leia's mere presence Leia's mere existence is enough to pull people back from the brink what a woman mm. That's what I love about it. So glad that Star Wars is now focused just on Leia and Leia alone. Leia is the most important woman in the galaxy. <laughs> not not just woman, person. <laughs> person, yes. Um, I love it. I'm sorry. I think, I'm such a simp for Leia Arcana. <laughs> okay. Star Wars is like, yes, yes, we all love Leia Arcana. Let's just make her amazing. <laughs> I think kind of going with uh, with its connections with the sequel I think one of the things that this the series really helped me like get excited for or just just really want is stories after after uh, Tross because we're seeing that we're seeing the sins of the giant order being played out over and over and over again and Mm -hmm. this in this course it's it's through we see it. We see it with the downfall of Anakin. We kind of see it with the guilt that Obi Wan has, but we also see how it fails the younglings like R- Reva. Mm-hmm. And one of the most interesting things is that I think Luke was too close to the damage of mm-hmm. a. He was actually the son of of Anakin slash Darth Vader. He he was being led by Obi Wan and Yoda, who through through the through their physical form when they were still alive and then with their their force ghosts um and he was very much set of of bringing back the 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 jedi order as it was during during the there during the republic and the show just kind of reinforced for me at least is that the jedi order during during that time just failed everyone um, and so now that Ray has kind, she still has connections to kind of the past, but she's definitely a little bit more. Um, I think she has a little bit more insight because she see she knows of the Jedi Order failing twice, like right, like it's mm-hmm. it's the original one and um, they're in well, Republic, and but it also goes out of his, Luke but, even goes out of his way to say to her like the old Jedi Order was messed up. Like, well, that's what I'm it, saying, but he yeah. he tried to kind of. Yeah. He fell into the trap again. So now yeah. she has two examples of it of it failing and mm-hmm. her her and Finn are now in this like prime prime spot to bring not maybe not even bring back to Jedi, Jedi order just like start something completely new. Yeah. That Don't hang out with Ahsoka Tano. I don't think I don't think she's a good influence in that. Oh my god. Like I have to wonder like I have to wonder how much Ahsoka's influence with Luke because he would have been so desperate for anybody to kind of yes. mentor him. No, like I'm, I have to wonder. I'm gonna I'm if gonna her I'm influence go- impacted that. I'm, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Ahsoka the benefit of the doubt. I think I'm gonna <laughs> mainly blame Obi Wan and and Yoda on this. And Yoda. <laughs> no. Ahsoka's there all the time. Like Ahsoka's available to him at all times. The thing is, is that it's, it's this idea of that Ahsoka is a je- this idea that Ahsoka is a Jedi like past past when she left the order is bullshit because 
and Twilight of the Apprentice, she's like, I'm no Jedi. And that yeah. should have stuck, but it didn't. God damn it, Dave Filoni. You don't even know your own character. Okay. Anyway, Ahsoka wasn't part of the show, which was great. No, yes, I was. I was happy at the same time. I was a little disappointed because I did want to see her in live action next to Hayden and Ewan. Like, that was the, like, and, like, that's, a, like, that's something that I was, like, was there space in the story for it? Not really. Um, but I, this was, was the opportunity. Because I think if they had put her with Hayden and Ewan, I think it would have given her more legitimacy to um, more casual fans. Yeah. I Does think, that make sense? I think there wasn't any opportunity to, to put her, to actually see her. And no. I'm very thankful that we didn't. Um but I think they could have mentioned her. Yeah. I, I think a mention could have happened. Yeah. Um, or, like, it didn't, like, the duel between Obi-Wan and Anakin in the fifth episode that frames the fifth episode. Oh, my God, it was so good. Um, uh, I think that, honestly, that honestly could have taken place during the Clone Wars where they just wanted to spar. And then, and especially especially with his uh, focus and need to win. I think that's something that could have been highlighted within the context of the Clone Wars. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it had to be before um, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. But I don't think the story suffered because Ahsoka wasn't. No, 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 no. Like, this is this is a nitpick. This is, this is like, I've been so well fed as a fan, but if it had just had, like, a little bit more, it would have been so great. But I it's think... a nitpick at, at most. So. Um. I think I think what really should have they should have said Padme Padme's name. It would have been nice. I'm also I'm also very aware that Obi Wan cannot say Padme Amidala's name to Leia. Yeah, she can't. He can't so, say that to Leia at all. Um, no. but during their final fight. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly yeah. where that comes. Where well, no, because I think he could have. He could. He could have told Anakin. Padme still believed there was good in you. Um, yeah. But I think it might have actually been too much of a turning point for him. Yeah. And that's why they couldn't do it. That's the <sighs> only place I could have seen it working. But it, I don't think it would have followed Anakin's uh, character trajectory well enough. I think... I think their fight was perfect. Honestly, <laughs> I thought... It was so good. I like want to sob. Like just thinking about it makes me want to cry. Where Anakin slash Vader is like, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I did, and I've seen a lot of people talk about how that was Anakin kind of coming through to like reassure Obi Wan. Like you didn't do this. Like this is not on you. This is my failure. Um, but I've also seen somebody suggest that this is Anakin saying, you don't get to take credit for this. Oh, right? yeah. And so, um, and like, I think it's a little bit of both, probably. I think it's, so, too. There's some nuance, too. But like this idea that Anakin let Obi-Wan win, he can't even let him say that you're the reason I'm Darth Vader. No, fuck you. Go away, Obi-Wan. Like, that's that's kind of the headspace that Anakin Skywalker would be in. Mm-hmm. So you didn't create Darth Vader. I did. Fuck you. <laughs> like <laughs> he wouldn't want. I his... killed my old self, and I became this badass. What are you talking about? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't want. He wouldn't want his master um, taking any credit for that. 
Yeah. They're they're so competitive. I so I read uh, or I listened to Brotherhood, um, kind mm-hmm. of during. I'm like two thirds of the way through it. I really enjoyed it, um, and it really did put me in my Anakin and Obi Wan feels, which I love them. I love those two. I never really get Anakin and Obi Wan feels. I mean, I do, but like <laughs> not this intense. Um, but yeah, they they were super competitive with each other. They they had this almost kind of like love-hate relationship that of course that Anakin wouldn't want any glory to go to Obi-Wan when it comes to his transformation. Not glory, but like credit. Yeah. <sighs> that scene was, the lighting was so good. And oh. I just... And I think this is actually one of the great things about being able to tell another Obi-Wan and Anakin story in this era is being able to use the lightsaber tech yeah. that they have now. Yeah. For the actors and so that and being able to like utilize the lighting and tell yeah. the story through that too, which is really cool. And I was really impressed. I wonder if they've been able to lighten the lightsabers uh since the sequel trilogy, because the sequel trilogy fighting is very heavy because you could they're heavy lightsabers. Um but you know, they but I look at the fighting that Anakin and Obi Wan are doing and like it's like it is maybe the tiniest bit slower than what we would have seen in the prequel trilogy, but it has still got that finesse. Um, and it's brilliant. I think the choreography was really, really good. <laughs> Which also... So, like, I'm one of those people who was like, I want to watch A New Hope now after it was finished, right? And so then you're watching A New Hope afterwards. And first of all, Alec Guinness is doing his own thing with Obi-Wan Kenobi, but he's not Ewan McGregor. And I just spent six episodes, six hours of my life like really loving Ewan McGregor and what he's doing with Obi-Wan Kenobi and then suddenly going to Alec Guinness is I'm sorry it's a bit of a letdown. I want to see Ewan McGregor's face when I'm talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi now. Which is not meant to like disrespect Alec Guinness. It's just what he what Ewan does with Obi-Wan means so much more to me. He's our Obi-Wan. He is our Obi-Wan. Um but then, like, you think about, like, how amazing that last fight between them was, and then you think about the fight choreography looked like in A New Hope. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's such a downgrade for both of them. Wow. The only, the only way it can justify it is kind of like when you're watching, like, Olympic-style fencing, and they don't always, like, they... Like, any sort of martial arts type of Olympic event, like, sometimes all they're doing is staring at each other because they're so good. They can anticipate the other's attack, so it's not worth it to, like, go for something if it'll be immediately blocked. So they just kind of stare at each other for a long time. That is the only way I could justify what happens in the new home. <laughs> well, I guess... Because otherwise make... it's just... It's, it, it doesn't compare. I guess you can make the argument is that even though Obi-Wan went into this fight um, and Kenobi, uh, thinking that it was going to end with him, either him dying or, or Vader dying. I think you can make the argument in A New Hope that they both knew that that fight was different. Mm-hmm. And that it wasn't going to be all jumpy, jumpy, forcey, forcey type of fighting. Also, they're in a, they're in a, they're in the Death Star, right? There's not a lot of place for them to move without causing like a lot of damage. I don't think and I just would like stop them. I wouldn't, but like, there's just there's just too many people around. 
Oh, stormtroopers! Like <laughs> it's 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 their first it's their first time fighting um fighting with where they're not in solitude. <laughs> so um, it, it it was probably just a weird setting for that. But also, I don't think Obi Wan would have want it to escalate it that far because he knew the most important. I think that was just might have taken away a little bit from Luke and Leia. He knew, I don't know, like he knew, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just don't think he, he knew. Would've... He needed to sacrifice himself in that moment. Yeah, so he like he, Obi-Wan knew, Obi-Wan knew what he was going to do. Obi-Wan knew he was going to die Um, when when he saw Vader in A New Hope. And when yeah. he saw when he when he saw Luke and Leia together for the first time, that's and, when... and, like now in the context of this series, this is the first time he's seen Leia as a grown adult but standing sees... in front of him, and but he knows that this is the time he actually needs to like sacrifice. He sees Leia. They have... He sees Leia's as an adult. He sees the twins together. <laughs> he knows that he's not going to be the one who brings down Darth Vader and the Empire. It's going to be those two. Mm-hmm. And, and he's been spending a lot of time with Qui-Gon recently, so yeah. he knows he's still going to be able to help mentor Luke. <laughs> also, not like, Leia. Luke. <laughs> I was so hoping that this series would justify him not thinking of Leia when it comes to killing Vader, and the series did not do that. So... <laughs> He still only thinks of Luke, and I still don't know why. I, I know why in the context of Empire and Return of the Jedi, as they were made in the 80s, but I don't, in the grand scheme of the story, they didn't do that. I don't know. Maybe he just really thinks that wasn't Leia's path. Like, Leia's path was to be the senator. It'll be the politician yeah. that brings in the new uh, the, the new, new Republic. <laughs> the New Republic. Um, and it was Luke's path to be... That's kind of sexist of don't you think? Well, I guess I guess Leia was actually trained to be a senator. Well, it's just it's just that boy is our last hope, and Yoda has to be like, uh, no, Leia, hi, what? <laughs> oh, Ewan just doesn't want to see her. Like, I know it's like we can justify it. I think it could have been made a little clearer. Yeah, I know. That's I know. all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. But, what uh, else were you gonna say? <laughs> oh, what was I? Oh, uh, had canon. I think. Obi-Wan low-key wanted to die because now he knew that he couldn't see his BFF Bale because Alderaan was blown up and he's like, well, I can't see my best friend Bale, so might as well die. What do you think of her, her message to him now? I oh. love, like, I do like the thing, so, like, this is where I'm like, they could have made things a little bit more explicit. They very, they were very explicit with what Leia could say in that message now because of what happened in because of what he said to her at the end of the final episode. We must be careful. It will put us both in danger. Yeah. So, for, and so, like, for me, like, knowing the context of the Kenobi show now, so it's like, years ago, he served my father in the Clone Wars, which was the justification used to kidnap yeah. her. So she's able to use that as the reminder. And then, also, I don't think, I don't think she really wants, she doesn't really want to be like, and hey, remember that time you, you, you saved me from Inquisitors and, uh, yeah. um, I guess she wouldn't know it was Inquisitor. Or maybe she does. Yeah. And we were on the path and we were involved in all that. I mean, like the, um, the, the Empire does know all that, but like, you just don't want to put that in the message. Yeah. 
you kind of want to be concise with the with with the messaging there when you only have like what five minutes not even five yeah. minutes like two minutes <laughs> to record them but it does make her big kenobi where yeah it does. Um, that, that really makes it so it just oh it hurts my heart now <laughs> Also, one of the things I I loved about the last four episodes, it was I think it was mostly episode four, but we see a bit of it in episode five and six too. Is if she's overwhelmed and she doesn't know what to do, so one of the things she sees is Tala comforting somebody else, so she decides to comfort Obi Wan, and then Obi Wan comforts her back. But like comforting other people is kind of how she copes. Yeah, with uh, a lot of things, which kind of helps with the whole giving Luke the blanket when he's pouting about Obi-Wan and he's like yeah uh, like when you know she's like dying on inside too because she just thought it's Obi-Wan and her entire planet yeah also I so like all great stories and just and franchises like like expand, franchises with expanded universes like the um like Star Wars I always just kind of see it as we're kind of putting the pieces um, of the puzzle together. So we're getting a little piece there, a little piece that there. And we're all trying to like get the pieces together to get this one great big picture. Um, and every piece is like a movie or a book or whatever. But those pieces are coming from a point of view, from a certain point of view, you might say. And, <laughs> and, and they're kind of coming from a, from a narrative that is that's trying to that's trying to 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 kind of be in that point of view and so the original trilogy is from the the perspective of luke so we are going to get kind of a more luke tent to to that story so even though we see leia um comforting Luke in that moment who's to say that there were other moments that um Luke was comforting Leia so I don't know mm-hmm. yeah. it, it's just one it's just the puzzle pieces being put together to kind of make this collective picture and those puzzle pieces are being being are being are from a point of view that that only kind of encapsulates one person's main experience I don't know that mm-hmm. makes I don't know. That's always how I always in Star Wars. <laughs> that's how that's how I kind of get over the fact that the original trilogies were, were made in the in the eighties, the seventies and eighties, and there was not really any thought being no. put behind them. Because <laughs> let's be let's be let's be really true. Let's be really really like you know fair here. If 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 there was a lot of thought put into or intent put into the the original trilogy, I mean there was, but if there was there was a if there was a lot, Leia wouldn't have kissed Luke in Empire Strikes no. Back. No, they kiss multiple times. They kiss multiple that's, times. That's, that's they don't. Yeah. And then and then have but Leia's, then but then, then because he's because he's decided they're brother and sister, like their sibling dynamic just like shoots through the roof in Return of the Jedi. But but. but but for Lee to say, I know, like, I've always known that we were brother and sister. It just makes everything so bad. I know. <laughs> oh, George. <laughs> so, what, so whatever happens in, in these prequel stories to the to the original trilogy, like, nothing can be as bad as that. Um, no. 
Okay, so before we get into, we've, we've talked about Obi-Wan and Anakin, which is probably the main event. Um, let's talk about some other little aspects before we get into Reva, because I oh, really right. want to dive into Reva. Reva. Yeah. Reva? Reva. 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 Why am I saying Reva? That's okay. why I said I'm a Reva Baliva. Reva Baliva. <laughs> <sighs> Baru. Oh. <laughs> Okay, because I was so disappointed that, like, we didn't even see her in the first episode. We hear her laughing. And that's it. And then I was like, oh, man, like, they're going to, like, totally, like, like, why even bring back the actress if you're not even going to do anything with Baru? They didn't sell that with Baru. <laughs> She's so cool. <laughs> Baru said. Oh, my gosh. Baru said, no, one, no one's getting us here. Nope. Let's go. I mean, it makes sense that Owen and Baru would be, would have a, somewhat of a plan to fight against. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Owen did not have a plan. No. Baru had a plan. He I, no. He was so shocked that she had guns. I think he was that, like, "Wait, we have guns? What?" <laughs> I think he was more shocked that she was willing to stay there and fight. I I would have to imagine <laughs> that they were there would have been some talks like, okay. We need something to protect ourselves because people yeah. are going to be after Luke. I think yeah. he was just a little bit more shocked to like, wait, 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 we're actually going to do this? We're actually going to stay and fight? Okay. <laughs> and Dumb I little think, Owen. Yeah. But like also like, he's like, yeah, Obi-Wan's kind of disappeared. And she's like, yeah, whose fault is that? Like, she's, <laughs> she's, like, she's not afraid to call him that old. She, <sighs> I love her. I love and I, have you read the third Queen's, Queen's book? From E.K. Johnston? Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Because she's... So that we find out in that book that Baru is also part of, like, this underground that yeah. was helping to free the slaves on Tatooine. And she, like... She had kind of the tech that kind of helped free Shmi, which is kind of how she kind of got in with Klieg. Um So... And apparently it was all very consensual. The, the, the Him buying her was very consensual. It was part of the plan. <laughs> um, thank you, E.K. Johnson. Um, but, so she's just been this badass on Tatooine this whole time. And now you know that, like, when the, they showed up, when the stormtroopers showed up, and they had to literally flame them to death to get to conquer them. So you know Owen and Baru put up a damn good fight in A New Hope, too. <gasps> you know what so I good. really love? I know... It's been kind of solidified in canon that the Aganas are, are Leia's parents because they are. They are Leia's parents. But yes. the Lars are just as much as Luke's parents, even though yes. Luke sees them as an and uncle. Mm-hmm. They're the one who raised them. They're mm-hmm. the ones who have a parental bond with them. With him. Mm-hmm. And that was... I love when Owen so said... I was see. Yeah, uh, but I love when Owen said, like, he is my own. Like, I've been raising this kid for ten years now. Like, like he's my no. kid. <laughs> and We use that in Uncle to, like, kind of, I feel like it's like they kind of just are honoring the fact that I think it's probably known within the community that they couldn't have children of their own. So, I, I like, also, yeah. I also like to think that them going, them claiming to be, um, them, them not outright telling uh, Luke that like we're actually your biological, we're not your biological parents, we were your parents, blah blah blah. blah. 
mm-hmm. is that I think they want to honor Shmi. Yeah. They want they wanted to be like, you are you are the descendant of Shmi Skywalker. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Ugh. That just hurts my heart so much. Yeah. And also to know that like it was a home for Luke. It was yeah. not somewhere he was supposed to stay for the rest of his life. And I think that's kind of where you know, he and Owen butted heads and it wasn't something where he was like he had to be drag kicking and screaming away from Tatooine. Like he he was over Tatooine by the time he was nineteen, but he was raised in a very loving home and Owen yeah. is just was just one of those guys who shows his loves in very different ways and his he was trying to protect him ultimately. Yeah, just... Owen was probably terrified of, of Luke Wayne out into the galaxy. Yeah, especially what? to join up with the Empire. Like, I can imagine why he's like, you want to join the Empire? Okay. Uh, Kate, you got to stay a couple more years, though. And actually, uh, and Liz says the name Lars. Like, don't use the words. Yeah. Don't use Skywalker Please as your last name. Don't use your last name. That would not be good. Why wouldn't it be good? Just don't use it. Just, you know what? Maybe we should have just said we adopted you if we're your parents. Should have just taken, given him the last name at least. <laughs> no, it's still honoring Shmi though. Still honoring Shmi, Shmi because the Skywalker name comes from Shmi. Yeah, that's true. Um, but no, I just Luke had a like he didn't have a cushy like life like Leia did, but he still had mm-hmm. a life, a good life with a loving home. Their house was nice. Yeah. You know, they had flowers. They always were able to feed him. You know, yeah. it was, I mean, you live under two suns, things are going to look a little rough. But, like, it, 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 it's a nice house. I want to live there. <laughs> yeah. Um, little Luke was cute. <laughs> He's adorable. He's kind of a little nerd, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. So but, like, much. also, there's that, like, I'm not afraid. I'm Luke Skywalker. And I'm like, you, <laughs> I love you so much. There's just that kind of naive optimism that Luke has that I just really adore about his character to see it in such yeah. seed in him from such a young age. It just warms my heart. I could definitely see if they if Leia and Luke were raised together, tiny tiny Leia would have would have little bossed him around a little bit. Yeah, she would have terrorized him. <laughs> Not that he would have fought back, but like we all know who would have been running the running the house if they had been raised together. Oh, oh, what could have been? Um, and then Vivian as Leia is Ugh. chef kiss perfect. She's so freaking good. Oh my gosh, I I not like I feel like there's some desire. Like I like part of me is like I hope you like still like acting when you're older, but if you're not, like you did such a good job. Yeah, with Leia in this series, I feel like I feel like this would have been one of those instances where like Carrie would have seen a younger version of Leia and have not been freaked out by it. Well, I mean, they're I mean? not putting her face onto yeah, the yeah. Actress. But like, I feel like she would have. I feel like she would have actually appreciated yeah the performance and everything. Like, it, she's so good. She's so determined, and she's just the little rebel leader waiting to grow up. <laughs> I love how and I love her. I love how in the fifth episode she's like, "Nope, I'm gonna be the one who's going to feed." Oh, coffee. you need someone small? I volunteer. I'm small. <laughs> <laughs> 
can't be a ladder. I'll get myself up there. Don't worry. I got this. And I love, and I love how, I love how, I loved how uh, Obi-Wan was like, I trust her. You trust me? I trust her. Get her the ladder. (sighs) I just. Also, like, don't fuck around with this kid. Like, if she says she's going to help, she's going to help. Like. (laughs) Yeah. I just really loved. I mean, you kind of brought it up where uh, during the final fight between Vader and and Obi Wan, um, how Obi Wan got his, got his strength through through his memories of little Luke and Tiny Leia, but I just I just love the fact that it was it was Leia who kind of brought him back from his mm-hmm. his 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 like. Uh, separation of the force like his mm-hmm. him having to go rescue Leia which made him to have to confront Vader again or Anakin again that is what what is able to re- allow him to reconnect to the force and allow him to connect with Qui-Gon mm-hmm. and and it also like I feel like the acceptance that Anakin is dead yeah because Anakin has told him that um <laughs> But also that he he still sees Anakin and Luke and Leia. And yeah. he makes that very clear in the last one. Last uh in the last, last episode. Like, yeah. Oh. That was like and like for that to just be enough for Leia, like especially since she'd been away from her parents for a couple days. Like yeah. just to hear that I knew your parents, this was your mom, this was your dad, and she's like, Okay, thanks. I uh that that helps. And, like, that's enough for her. And I, yeah. I I adore that. I really, truly adore that. Because, and like, because it was one of those things where, like, I can't, like, there was this scene where she was like, I, I, I wonder what my dad was like. Um, and I was yeah. like, that kind of contradicts something that Leia says in Princess of Alderaan. Like, I don't give a shit about my birth parents. Like, my parents are Bill and Leha. Like, whatever. Um, but I think it's it was nice to see that this was a thought that kind of was swirling around her head, and like Obi Wan gave her some closure on it, yeah. and so she was just able to just accept for who her parents were. And I, I think that I think that was great. I also think I also wonder if if her knowing that not only she, could she get stories of her biological parents through her 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 actual parents through Bail and Breha. I think she knows that they know, or maybe she doesn't. No, because they don't. She doesn't know about Padme until after the original trilogy. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I just, I, I think she, all she's told about about her about her mom is that she was a victim of the war. Yeah. But I guess it's, it might. It must be a little comforting to know that at least someone's out there that she can go to and talk to eventually. Maybe, hopefully, that mm-hmm. if she wants those stories she can mm-hmm. go to someone and having that option out there is a is closure in its way because it's like i don't have to search for someone to tell me this i know i have a i theoretically know i have a source if i want to utilize that one day um mm-hmm. even though she probably she didn't know when she was going to see obi-wan or if she was going to see obi-wan again but that was mm-hmm. kind of an option so. Yeah. Also, there was this moment where she says to him, "Will I see you again?" And it just felt so much like what Anakin said to Shmi as he was leaving her. 
Because there is a finality to when yeah. Anakin leaves Shmi. I mean, he sees her again, but right when she dies, which is exactly what happens with Rey and Obi-Wan. You know, I have a question. Because mm-hmm. Obi-Wan and Bale have that exchange. Like, Obi-Wan's like, you know where to find me if you need me. And Bale's like, well, I pray that day never comes. It's like, okay, that day will be coming. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Bale, but that day is coming. Well, I, I, think, wonder... I think it's mostly just like, yeah, if shit hits the fan. Like, feel free to look me up. And he's like, I really hope the shit does not hit the fan. Well, hard. that, but that shit will. Which I feel funny. like, I feel like is a situation. I feel like that's a situation we can relate to right now. Well, but no, but but we know that 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 day does come because then Bale yeah. and Rogue One goes and Leia to go 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 grab Ben. Yeah. But um, it was only when they were like realizing, like, a first of all, the Empire has a planet killer. That's a big deal. And B, I think it was, I think the events of Rogue One kind of helped solidify that we have a rebellion now. Okay, again. People that can work together. Shit heading the fan. But I wonder if, if that never happened. Were they planning on keeping Leia and Luke separate their entire lives? Was I that the. They would have, I feel like. Is this a parent trap situation? <laughs> I feel like it would have been maybe a, maybe more of like, oh, you're 25 now and like there's they're branching out and doing their own thing or like i feel like there would have come a point i think it would always have to be luke that was going to instigate them coming together okay um although i guess it was technically Leia. yeah it's technically Leia. yeah but i feel like it was him getting luke on board and then knowing that they'll meet is i don't see any reason why i don't think bill and Bria would have seen a reason to tell Leia about that no. versus where uh versus with luke who knows that he came from anakin skywalker um yeah i think that's so i feel like that's kind of what it might have been the catalyst if obi-wan's training luke he was like okay like actually there's more to this story okay we thought you to meet your sister thought experiment if if alderaan wasn't blown up um mm-hmm. they were able to rescue leia from the death star and they bring Leia to back to Alderaan. What have they told them then? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think I think getting the message from Leia and knowing what they were up against. I think because um, I think even if Alderaan hadn't been the one deleted, <laughs> sorry, that's the word. <laughs> if Alderaan hadn't been the thing that was destroyed. I think if it had been another planet, that would have also been such a significant event that they would have needed to come together and get I mean, ready to, by pre- the, to prepare the fight. Yeah, by that point, Jetta and Scarif had already been... They'd been destroyed. They hadn't been blown, been blown up. up, but they'd been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Which makes which makes Bale's decision to go for, for Leia being the one to go catch Obi-Wan, touch Obi-Wan so much great because he would have probably knew that Luke was probably going to come along with Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan realizing when he sees the 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 message from Leia he's probably like oh crap here it comes this is it they're gonna actually finally meet we're gonna have to finally have this conversation oh my gosh Bale and Bria would have loved Luke they would have loved him so much. Oh gosh. Okay, I'm gonna get sad. This makes me okay. Sad. Okay. There was also there's there was this moment in episode five, which like part of me is like, come on, Bale, did you have to send a message? But there was also he was worried that he was gonna lose Leia, and so his first thought is, if I'm gonna lose Leia, I need to go help 
Owen. Like that, that being his first thought, which is like, I have my own personal feelings and the ability to put, kind of put that aside is something that you very much see with Leia. So knowing that that's something she would have learned and kind of had to work through with the guidance of her own father, I think was just really great. Also, like he was ready. He was like, okay, uh, if I need to go help Luke, like I gotta go help Luke. Okay. This is the responsibility of accepted. I really like that. I don't know. Aww. I love Bale. <laughs> Bale trying to convince Bria, uh, not Bria, uh, Baru and Owen to move away from the Moisture Farm and come live on Alderaan. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> can, you imagine can you imagine? Oh my god. <laughs> Uncle Owen on Alderaan. <laughs> this gruff farm boy from Tatooine just like in like the nice decadence that is the royal household on Alderaan. Like, can you imagine? No, I, I really cannot. <laughs> those, those two points should never meet. <laughs> to me, that it's just as obscure of 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 Darth Maul being like the the shadow villain of of Solo. Like those two things should not should not compute. And yet. And yet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of those actually came true, and it was an actual movie, and it does not seem real. Okay. We don't well, talk about Solo. No. <laughs> so, I think it's time to talk about our our really? yearly alive. <laughs> no. Yes! I knew she was going to live! I... The moment! <laughs> the moment that confirmed she was a youngling, I was like, she's not going to die, they're not going to kill her. I am so happy to be wrong about this. Because everybody was like, oh, she knows about oh. Luke. Like, she's going to die. Because you can't know about Luke. And I'm like, no, not necessarily. I, not but necessarily, because I, I, I feel like they gave us enough context, especially in episode five. I feel like they gave us enough context to her backstory for redemption to be a very real possibility. But well, that's the question. Does she know about Luke and Leia? Does she know? Well, so... The whole point of her going after Luke and I think feel like she put the pieces together and is like Luke is significant. Um, if Vader, I think it's like if Vader has find, found out, or oh, no, yeah, or something like that. Um, I think she's like, oh, that means Owen's kid is actually Anakin's kid, and she might know that there's a link between Owen and Anakin. Maybe I don't know. Um. So the whole point of that, she was going after him to get revenge on Anakin. And Anakin doesn't know. About I, it, I kind of it wasn't the was, best laid plan. I love you thought she was getting like revenge on Obi Wan. Oh, really? Because I think she knew that Luke was important to Obi Wan. Hmm. And and his 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 plan. In episode five of of bringing Vader to her so she can attack Vader failed. Mm. But if she still wanted to hurt Anakin, I think she. Oh. I think she just wanted. I think she kind of saw a target that was going yeah. to hurt someone who who harmed her, who wronged her, mm-hmm. and she definitely views Obi Wan as someone who wronged her. And I think especially after after. After episode five, um, she can probably see Obi Wan wronging her again, um, and Anakin especially. 
I think that's a little. Can we talk about I just think no, that's. I just think that's that's a little muddied, but it kind of makes sense because she she's yeah. just full of rage at that point. She just wants yeah. a target, and Owen yeah. kind of did piss her off. So I think she could have made that connection of like, wait a minute. Owen seemed to be a little bit off in the first episode mm-hmm. when I was interrogating him. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna, gonna try to see this through. Yeah. What was I gonna say? Actually, I want to talk about Riva in episode four because I, I, I can't remember who said that, but Zoe was pointing out she was really, really, she did not want to actually hurt Leia. She no, was she didn't. She needed to get the job done. She was very singularly focused on Kenobi and the path. But she is literally like, I will do anything to get you to actually talk so I don't actually have to do this. Um, and mm-hmm. Leia being Leia is like, yeah, fuck you. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> actually, can I just like, the, the little comment that Leia makes, she's literally right there. And like, The Force Awakens proves to us how hard it is to resist... Um, mind interrogation yeah and leia's doing it with barely breaking a sweat and she's like is this a staring contest she's putting effort into it but it's honestly like not that hard for her (laughs) yeah and it actually makes one of those it is one of those moments that actually makes another moment a new hope like really really interesting so knowing that vader probably also did that and he's like yeah she's uh she's really good at resisting the mind probe uh yeah, and he doesn't really, like, think further beyond that, but, like, I think in that moment, Reva's like, you're strong in the Force, too, but she's not gonna really do anything to kind of incite that. She's more focused on finding the path. I don't know. I just really like that. But I, yeah, she ate, and then kind of foreshadowed the fact that she couldn't kill Luke. Yeah. She, she... I don't think it ever it's ever really talked about if she actually has killed kids before. She she's mm. she's she's an inquisitor, so she's obviously has hunted down more sensitive people. Maybe she's only gotten after adults so far. Yeah, maybe she's only targeted adults. That would be something to be really interesting to get like her backstory, like in a book form or something or a comic. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited because I <sighs> just know that there's so many story not telling opportunities. With or Reba. <laughs> maybe she'll show up in Andor. I hope so. I, hope I think so. I think there's like three characters that have the possibility of showing up in in Andor, and she's mm-hmm. one of them. The other two are Haja and um, Roken. Oh my god, Haja! Because <laughs> Cassian is just like so fucking jaded by everything, and then you've got Haja, who's like, eh, I guess I'll help. Because then it might be an opportunity. Like I think I think the the dynamic between Cassian and Haja would be very entertaining. Because oh. I don't think Cassian would be impressed by but anything Hodger does. <laughs> I think not only am I just excited for that fact that uh, um, Reba, 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 Reba is, um, is still alive and we have all these story possibilities with her. I'm just happy for Moses. <laughs> Me too. And Moses is just like, yeah, fuck yeah, I've lived. <laughs> I don't know if you saw her Instagram oh, I did, stories, I did. but she's I'm... literally like, yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> Suck on that. <laughs> I think someone someone asked her like, uh, um, how did how did how did she survive getting stabbed twice? And she's like, I'm that bitch. Will always be that bitch. <laughs> 
will never stop being that bitch. It's just like, oh, I love it. I love it. I love her so I love much. It. <laughs> I'm just. I well, think, and the force works in mysterious ways, and she was tapping into the dark side of the force, and people have survived being cut in half. I don't think it's that unreasonable that she can survive. Especially grand, since the Grand literally just said revenge is definitely helps the will to live. Yep. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm giggling because that moment where he stands over and he's like, hello. <laughs> Yeah. Probably one of the silliest moments in the entire series. <laughs> and then he leaves her and is like, goodbye. <laughs> and Vader's but, like, you think I didn't know that you wanted to kill me? Or you, like, <laughs> I don't know. It just it amused me. It was just, episode five was really good. I'm just, uh, I really love their moment, her moment with Obi-Wan at the end of. Oh my god. Of the sixth episode where she's where he's like, We're free, we both are. You're free, we're we're both free. Yeah, and I think <sighs> Moses's acting oh so in good. that moment is so fucking good. Like she's you so just good. you feel how fucking tired she is too. Yeah. Like and just like you know like there, there's something about her performance there that just it is a turning point for her. Yeah. Like this is her rock bottom. She's like, did I become him? Like, and she wasn't able. She didn't feel like she was able to get revenge. And then Obi Wan is just like, you don't. You've honored them, and I think just like getting that like shift in perspective for her was a big help. Yeah. As well. Um. Just. I'm really, really, really impressed with how that whole scene went down. Moses still wants there to be a dark side. <laughs> But um, I'm just utterly fascinated by where we could go with her character. And I just, I really hope we get to see her again. Oh. And I think Andor is like the perfect vehicle to see I, her I again. Just, I, think we, I think we are going to see her again. And I... We get 12 episodes of Andor, by the way. I know. I'm oh, so excited. God. Add to season two. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, <sighs> this has nothing to do with Kenobi. This has to do with Andor. I... Okay. I am hoping that we will get to see Hera and Andor. I think we well, it's possible. It's possible. I feel like if it's we're gonna, but I feel like also I also feel like if we're gonna see Hera, we're gonna see Ahsoka. Wait, because wait, Andor Cassian's a fulcrum, isn't he? Yeah. Oh fuck! Damn it! <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. No. Well, at least we have anyway. Kenobi that had us turf free. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, I'm sad. <sighs> okay. Um, last note. Also, I also I also hope we see um. Oh, what is the name of the guy who's one of the things? Actually, I just wanted to point out one of the things I really liked was seeing this. It they call themselves the Path, but they're very much a nascent rebel self. Um, and so in episode four, you see them kind of like fight back, and you see the risks that they're going to be taking. R.I.P. Wade. Um, R.I.P. Wade. <laughs> um, and it was interesting to see them realize that they kind of need to step up. Um, and I feel like we're going to see the path again in Andor, yeah. and if not in Andor, I feel like we'll see them out other places. Yeah, yeah. So. Because I feel like that's that's a rebel still waiting to happen, and I'm so excited. 
In I'm conclusion, so in conclusion, Deborah Chow deserves everything. <sighs> she, I'm so impressed with how this series looked. I had like the like, and a lot of the complaints feel like nitpicks. They yeah. aren't. They aren't anything that completely destroyed the story that was being told. They're nope. nitpicks. Um, it is clear, and like. The way that Star Wars TV allocates their budget does leave me a little perplexed at times. Yeah. Like, the costumes are great, but then, like, the sets didn't always meet the mark. Um, they can, you know, they can bring on a fake mark to play Luke Skywalker, but, you know, they can't kind of de- just chisel Hayden's face to look like he's a little bit closer to 19 than late 30s. Um, th- there's certain things where I'm like, this kind of takes me out. It doesn't ruin the story, but it's like, I wish I wish there had just been a little bit more money allocated to just kind of making it kind of work a little better, if that makes sense. So Yeah. That's kind of it just there's things where I'm like, why couldn't you have done that with CG if you're willing to do this as CG? Um, but I think overall, they the sto- the storytelling is really really strong in this series. Um, but I think that's uh, Joby Harold, Deborah Chow um, was the guy who did the first round of scripts. But yes, this is it was such a dark. Um, uh, series and to know that it was at one point darker yeah, is huh. terrifying. <laughs> Let me see. Joby Harold. Uh. Okay, well Yeah. We made it. We did it. We made it. We did it. We made it. And I, I also wanna say for this to be the first non-Favreloni oh, project, Seth. this is really, really good. This is what I want Star Wars to be. And it's not to say that I didn't love... I don't... I love Mando. Um, I feel like this elevated what Star Wars TV could be. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It brought back a lot of things that I love about Star Wars, which is... Mm-hmm. The, it's not necessarily the set pieces. It's not necessarily the Easter eggs. It is the character, character the character relationship within the inter the interpersonal relationship all the characters have with each other. It's just and it rhymes like poetry. <laughs> oh, Hussein Emini um did the first pass of the script. Uh so um he's um. He's credited in one, two, three episodes. So he definitely had a hand in how this whole thing played out. So uh, he definitely deserves a shout out as well. Um, But yeah, I think this is, and I hope that we see kind of the same strength in character and writing in in Andor. I think that's going to be, I think that's really going to, um, tell us how the rest of Star Wars TV is going to look in the next few years. And I hopefully it um hopefully it uh 
it helps uh, guide what they're going to make with storytelling decisions even for films going forward. So I'm this uh, this show made me really excited about Star Wars again. I know, so. and it and it feels nice. It feels really good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything that you want to add before we end the episode? No. Just oh, and Deborah Chow deserves everything. If she yeah, wants Chow. to leave Star Wars forever and go work on Marvel or go show run her own TV show, she is. The, the Hollywood would be stupid not to let her. Exactly, That's I all agree. All right, so I think that ends our episode. Uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Sapphic Skywalk. Um, we are actually are still on SoundCloud. Last episode, I said we were not going on SoundCloud anymore, and then I said, and then. Uh, we're still on SoundCloud. So you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us anywhere you guys get your podcasts. Um, you can find me at on Twitter at Lenny Neal. That's L-Y-N-N-Y-N-E-A-L. And Emma, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Emphasis. That's E-M-S-Y-S-N-E-S-T. Now go forth and donate to local abortion funds in your area. And May the be with you. preach the devil child, Deborah child gospel. Yes. May the force be with you. Bye.